Rosemary Valero O'Connell describes herself as a large, friendly cartoon cat that's been sleeping on your windowsill since 1994. Her original graphic novel, Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me, won her three Ignatz Awards at the 2019 Small Press Expo for Outstanding Artist, Outstanding Graphic Novel, and Outstanding Story. She has previously worked with DC Comics and Boom Studios on a Gotham Academy and Lumberjanes crossover, illustrated a Steven Universe graphic novel, and was previously nominated for two Eisner Awards for Best Coloring and Best Single Issue Slash One Shot for her comic What Is Left. I had the pleasure of speaking with her after her big night back in September. I'm Brandon Kessley, and this is Nerdcraft Nation. Okay, everyone, I am here with Rosemary Valero O'Connell, the award-winning comic book writer and artist. Rosemary, how are you doing today? I am doing incredible today. Last night, I think, is probably going to stand out in my memory as uh, one of the nicest nights of my life. So I'm feeling pretty good this morning. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. And congratulations once again. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Overwhelmingly big. I can like look people in the eyes without bursting into tears now, but it's taken me like until this morning to get there. understandable. So sorry, talk to me a little bit about how you got into comics, Mm -hmm. your your story, getting into the medium, growing up. What was it like? What drew you to this medium? Absolutely. I mean, I I said in my speech last night that I've never wanted to be anything else or do anything else. And that is sort of true. I mean, I, I knew that from a very young age that stories and telling stories in some form or another was the only thing that I could see myself wanting to spend the bulk of my days doing. And I wanted to be a writer for a really long time um, because of that. But I also, I, you know, I love to draw. I've always loved to draw. And the, <laughs> the marriage of those two things as a, as a career didn't occur to me until I, I was a, you know, I read comics all the time, but I, it just didn't cross my mind that that was something that people could do for a living. And there were a couple, like sort of in the early days of like people going online, posting their work, whatever, there were a couple cartoonists and a couple sort of like, you know, they were a few years older than me and they were posting about going to art school and majoring in like cartoon studies like getting you know BFAs and comics and all that and it I don't know a little something kind of like clicked in my head watching all these people sort of like undergo this process of like devoting themselves like body and soul to trying to like make this weird thing work as a viable career and I was like all right I like I don't know my my sense of ideas about my work I wasn't sure if I could like make comics happen but I knew that I needed to try like I needed to and you know sort of at least give it all that I had and see if that led to anything. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it. I, I feel like I was very tunnel visioned about comics from a very young age. And I feel incredibly lucky that things have kind of worked out the way that they have. Well, that's, that's perfectly understandable. What were you reading growing up? I read so much manga. It was like coming out of my ears. It was like the thing for me. I also weirdly, I read like a lot of like Garfield and Calvin and Hobbes and like, <laughs> which I think is like the influence is less readily apparent in the work that I'm making now. But like, you know, I, I learned kind of how to speak the language of comics through like shoujo manga and a lot of the way that I think about structuring a page and the way that I think about sort of like the flow of space and time in comics is yeah. very much comes from that sort of like school of thought. And then when 
I when I was in high school um, and when I kind of like made the decision of like, okay, this is it. There are other ways to tell a story, but this is my favorite. Like this is my favorite form of expression. This is what I want to be doing. I was reading a lot of Jillian and Mika Tamaki's work, a lot of Emily Carroll and Eleanor Davis's work, people like that. And they continue to be some of the greats and are still huge inspirations yeah. for me now. Awesome. Which social series were you reading? Don't mind me asking. Oh, no, of course not. I liked the classics. I like Fruits Basket. Fruits I like. Basket. Uh, is, it, is it definitely a classic? It's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I read a lot of Clamp stuff. I actually, I there was a series that like very few people, it wasn't like a big series, but it was called Please Save My Earth. And I read every single volume because my library had like, they just had it all, all the time. So yeah. it was like readily available. And I thought it was this like slow moving, every panel was like someone looking at someone else with like distant longing and the rest of it was just like moons and flowers and hair it was so gorgeous and it left left like such an impact on me um and i've never been able to find it again <laughs> that's interesting mm-hmm. i don't think i've actually heard of that right it's not like a super well-known title but i looked it up recently and yeah the art is like i am still so drawn to it like it's sort of those like really beautiful like the 90s 80s sort of like rounded face and the like big fluffy bang <laughs> That makes sense. Were you a Sailor Moon fan at all? I weirdly missed the boat on Sailor Moon. I was like, I went through like two distinct periods when I was like in middle school and I was like, I only want to read Shonen. Like it's going to be Naruto, it's going to be Bleach, it's going to be all that. Because I, (laughs) it's that thing where like you're a young girl and you're pushing back against enforced femininity, but you don't have the language to like express why. So I was like, I don't like shoujo, but. And then I kind of (laughs) like got over myself and like understood a little bit more of where that impulse was coming from. And I was like, oh no, this is great. I love this. I accept this i'm gonna read nothing but this that's that's awesome did you get to finish bleach no i i kind of fell off the wagon like halfway through it got a got a little much for me that is valid (laughs) (laughs) that is valid one day i'm gonna go back one day i'm just gonna like set aside a month of my life and like like, all right yeah just get a bottle of something and there you go yeah (laughs) just wrap myself in a sleeping bag and like with like a bottle of franzi and finish bleach (laughs) (laughs) so how did you first hear about spx I, I'm trying to think. I think the first SPX I ever came to, I was a sophomore at MCAD and I'd done a couple other. My very first comic show was Kate in Chicago, which is an incredible show. And after the experience of that, I mean, it was like fully like a shark tasting blood for the first time. I was like, I have to, like, this is all I want to do. I just want to go to comic shows. I want to be around these people. I want to, you know, and when you're first going and you're a student, you don't have that much work. It very much feels like you're on one side of the glass and everyone else is on another side. And you're like, I just want to be part of this. So I think I went online and was like, all right, what are what are the shows? Like, where can I where can I go? Where can I like get this? And SPX, of course, is everybody's favorite. So it was a name that came up and I was like, okay, well, I want to try to make it out here. And I was lucky enough that I I was a part of this collective called Out of Step Arts. And they get tables here basically every year for like all of the artists. So they're like, hey, like, come on in. You can have a spot. You can like put your little books up. And I, you know, had my little poorly assembled little stapled zines. And it was just, you know. No. SPX is kind of magical. It's kind of this little like capsule of the comics community. And it felt very special to be here for the first time. And it still feels very special every time I come back. That's awesome. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you've been here. So how many SPXs have you been to? This um, I think this is either my fourth or my fifth, maybe? I should know that. Um, I should be able to like track my own life and know how old I am. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, fourth or fifth, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. So your work, Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me. Mm-hmm. Last night won you three Ignatz Awards. 
two-part question mm -hmm. one how much has that sunk in for you that mm -hmm. this is this work that you poured a tremendous amount of time and effort yeah. into has been recognized at this mention in this community mm -hmm. that you've been a part of for the last four or five years and two how do you and your collaborator styles complement each other so i can start with the part about the ignats i i'd gone to one ignat ceremony previous when i was still in college i felt very new to this community i felt very new to everything and i have sort of a very you know when you, you see something and it clicks in your head like this is like god wouldn't this be special like wouldn't this be magical like you're just sort of seeing these people get this recognition from you know from their heroes from their peers for this thing that is you know it's our like it's our blood it's just people pour so much into this and so it the ignas felt very special because it was sort of there's such a warmth like in the room there's such a sort of like tight-knit sort of closeness of like this is the community like saying that we see what you did and we think it's special you know like the weight of that felt very present to me and it I don't know if any part of the experience of having this book out will ever fully sink into me because start to finish it has been a true real literal dream come true I mean I say it to everybody but it is it has been such a huge part of what this experience is for me like Mariko's work with Jillian Skim in this one summer meant everything to me as a kid still means everything Skim was like I poured over Skim when I was in in high school like I learned how to I learned how to draw by like trying to be Jillian Tamaki I mean the way that Mariko's words and her images work together that like confluence in that concert is like a huge part of how I learned to make comics and do comics so I, I, I you know it's yeah. and getting getting to work with Mariko period getting to make this book getting to make any book getting one Ignatz getting two getting three like I've, there's there have been so many stages of this whole process yeah. that have felt so unimaginable to me and so like such like distant dreams that somehow keep getting closer and then happening and then getting closer like it, it just I don't know I'm always going to be reeling from it a little bit and then I mean Mariko and I working with her has been such an exceptional experience because you know there's a lot of trepidation I feel like of like alright I'm not only going to meet my hero but I'm going to be working with my hero and yeah. like it's it's nerve wracking but she is exceptional as a as a writer as a creative partner as a person moving through the world she you know kind of took my hand and guided me through all of the parts that I needed <laughs> guidance through and then let me me, like spread my wings and let me just sort of she treated me very much as a as a member of this like two-person team and as a, a very equal collaborator and you know I I learned how to make comics from her work so I think our, our voices kind of like speak the same language because we because I grew up on her so much that's that's awesome <laughs> I'm like waiting all the time for like the bucket of pig's blood or for someone to like jump out from behind a bush and be like just kidding like none of this is real like I don't know it's it's insane. So mm -hmm. you, you consider her a bit of a mentor to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I, you know, when we started this process, I was still in college. I was very, I, you know, I've been doing freelancing. I wasn't new to publishing, but I was very much new to publishing in sort of this capacity and okay. this magnitude. And she prepared me to the best of her ability mm -hmm. for sort of every different aspect of what it means to like work in this industry and work in this world and what it means to have, you know, an audience kind of of this size reacting yeah. to you and to your work. Because yeah. that's, a, you know, one of the more nerve-wracking parts of doing this for a living is you are being very publicly vulnerable yeah but she was a dream I mean she you know she's done this so many times before she has so much experience and she's so graceful and humble about the whole process that she was she was kind of a, a rock for me
That's awesome. Yeah, I don't know how many people actually get that opportunity to not just well to, to get that experience where not only do you work with someone they look up to, but then to also have it work out yeah. in a positive manner. Seriously, I mean, I because it's not like I I in no way expected her to, to be a bad person or to not be a good collaborator. But there's always you know that fear of like, well, maybe we just won't gel. Maybe we'll. But she's blew, like blew me out of the water. Just an incredible person. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> how do you feel that your life, your upbringing, mm -hmm. were you grew up has influenced your your writing style and your arting style artistic <laughs> style sorry Totally. So I am fortunate enough to have three parents who are all very invested in sort of my edification as a person that is, you know, omnivorous in terms of like the media that I consume, the books that I read. My mom is an academic and a linguist. I don't know. There was a emphasis on on language as a as an incredibly powerful and vital, you know, tool of communication and on the, you know, bonds that it can forge between people growing up. And I also so I grew up between Minnesota where my mom is from or where my mom worked, uh, in Spain where my dad lives and works and where he was born and so I I think aesthetically at least um, a lot of my sort of early influences are kind of a lot of the um, a lot of the things that I'm drawn to visually I yeah. kind of credit to growing up in Spain and to growing up kind of around you know you're sort of immersed in a different kind of visual landscape when you're there um, yeah. you know as with any corner of the world and then I, I don't know I mean a lot of the stories that I write are about feelings and emotions and interiority and I, I feel like that's I pull from my own well a lot in ways that I am kind of starting to I don't know I feel like I make a lot of work and then I figure out <laughs> like sort of what part of my life it was coming from that's yeah. understandable. Understandable. you, you gotta <laughs> mm -hmm. get your ideas out sometimes and just yeah empty your own head yeah there you go and then you can look at it and be like oh that's that's what that's about yeah <laughs> that's fair so what was your experience like working with uh, DC with <laughs> Boom and on Steven Universe it was very very good for I mean they were all incredible folks to work with those were sort of some of my first some of my first opportunities in comics like kind of some yeah. of me really getting my foot kind of in the door and getting a foothold on doing this for a living so it was good because they were incredible opportunities but a very mixed bag because I was a very very inexperienced at sort of what it meant to to devote so many waking hours to drawing comics because yeah. you know when I was working for Boom and when I was working for DC I was like a sophomore and a junior and a senior in college and I was the balance of sort of like doing a full course load of comics work and then doing as full of a schedule of sort of freelance comics work as yeah. I could manage we met that there was a lot of blood sweat and tears in all those projects but yeah. they were incredible places to get to kind of like get my sea legs and really like be able to go through every different step of like what it means to you know have to have to speak to editors to have to you know take critique from people that you have to listen to and that you know this isn't a classroom professor like this is a person that's sort of like paying yeah. you for service and like but also getting to just like play in other people's playgrounds with like different IPs that aren't like your yeah. your baby is kind of a I don't know I think a good way to stretch different muscles in terms of making comics and telling stories yeah do you feel that you work better when you're working on your independent work versus working on something that's already given to you playing with someone else's toys per se um I mean I think they're very different parts of my brain I think like for Laura Dean it never felt like I was working on a story that wasn't mine you know like yeah. it, it was a story that I was on it for two years and it was a story that I like held so close to me from the beginning that was such an important story for me yeah. from the minute I read the script the process of collaboration in that felt very good and very natural and very like I was getting to just kind of do what I wanted to do I mean you know I, I got into to comics to sort of write and draw my own like I, I like all of it I like doing all of it and I yeah. think anyone is going to sort of feel the more of yourself is in it 
I think the more invested you're going to be. Yeah. Um, but when you're working with a with a story or with a collaborator that you respect more than you know whose ideas and whose vision you you know is is worth the same if not more to you as your own, then it, you know it's it, it's the same amount of passion and the same amount of you know. <laughs> and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's a, that that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> to to come back to to Laura Dean for a bit. So how did that materialize? Um, well, it was kind of a, a mix, and I you know know this from talking to Marinko about it after the fact that she for me it sort of like felt like it almost came out of the blue I mean I had met Callista who was my editor for a second now for this project and for for some upcoming ones um, yeah. we met at MoCA again when I was a student and she picked up a, a mini comic of mine and she really liked it and she gave me her contact info and she was like hey when you want to get into like just shoot me an email basically like yeah. when you're ready like you should get in touch with me and I was like okay well I'm still in school I'm just like this is really cool this feels like an incredible like my little foot feels like it's in the door and then before I could you know really act on that she sent me an email and she was like hey we have a, a script for Mariko Tamaki's new book and we would like you to test for it and I cried for two hours I, I legit like I was sitting in the cafeteria of my college because it was like my last semester I was completely I was so stressed out I was so overworked and I didn't know I didn't know what I was doing after I was like I guess I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to keep freelancing but like I don't know I don't uh. and this felt like it just like fell out of the clouds and landed in my lap and I was like okay I need to kill this test like I need to be the person that draws this book I have to like it has to be me and so I did a couple test pages I did character design for Friday and for her group of friends and that was kind of it and I mean Mariko told me later that she had been hearing my name from a ton of people that had been like hey you you should like you need to check this person out you need to like see her stuff and so we were both kind of like we had eyes on each other kind of at the same time which is so wild for me to think about because she's you know my my dream um but yeah, it just it fell together really perfectly. Really cool. <laughs> so I guess that also answers what my last question was going yeah. to be. I was going to ask what your dream collaboration is, but it sounds it like literally, already... yeah, it was I, it, literally her. I mean, I you know, there's a there's a lot of other folks. I actually, I in terms of like putting pictures to someone else's words. Kelly Link and Carmen Maria Machado are like two of my all-time favorite writers and I was thinking very recently about sort of like I don't know if I if I could work with anyone to like adapt a prose story into comics it would be one of them but honestly yeah she was the one she was the one and she happened a lot early on than I when I went into art school and when I started this whole process I was like maybe if I work really really hard if this is like if I devote myself to this completely maybe I don't know by like the time I'm 30 or something I will be able to like put out like a mini I don't know it's like I can maybe carve out like a tiny if I can just like keep making comics maybe ugh. and I don't know I just I expected so little of this to happen this early if ever so it's just it's nuts it's nuts that's all I'm saying <laughs> that's fair okay I think I do have one final question yeah then. totally if you were to work with DC again or to work with Marvel or someone mm-hmm. who was a character or a series that you would love to work on I would I'm gonna out myself as someone that doesn't know that much about superheroes is Poison Ivy DC. Poison Ivy DC. Okay, I would like to do a Poison Ivy thing because I really like drawing plants, and I think I would get to draw a lot of really cool plants if I did something with Poison Ivy. DC Comics, you're hearing this, right? <laughs> get on this. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. much. Thank you so much. This has been lovely. I really appreciate you wanting to talk to me. And that's our show. Nerdcraft Nation is a partner of Pub Square Media and is hosted by Austin Hall, Jose Lopez, Brandon Kessley, and Chris Walker. Our theme music was composed by Daniel Ferris. If you'd like to keep up with the show, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Nerdcraft Nation, like us on Facebook, 
or subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Be sure to leave a review if you can. If you'd like to send us a voice message, please check our show notes for a link to our voicemail inbox.